Hello and welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello. Did that throw you off because I said hello? A little bit. That's why I started saying hello. Come on then, say hello. 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 And welcome to take three. It's not take three. Why would you say it's take three? People have got to think that this is, uh, this is like, you know, not professionally done, but at this point we're pros in the podcast game, you know? Okay. This is like episode 60-something. Uh, you don't tell people we're on the third take. Why well, adds that rawness? No, it doesn't. Maybe if we release like a uh, best of <laughs> podcast collection, you can put the bloopers in there. Although, to be fair, I delete them all, so we haven't got any anyway. I mean, that one wasn't even a blooper. We did like a 10-minute Yeah, thing. we did 10 minutes of an episode just uh, just now, and I got down my... Uh, I had some proper executive functioning disorder <laughs> issues. Where I was just talking nonsense. Uh, and uh, Scarlett, being the good co-host that she is with this, didn't stop me. Didn't pause the podcast and go, hey, Nikki, uh, you uh, you just seem to be waffling there. You just let me do it. You just let me just talk for 10 minutes without even pointing out that what I was saying was uh, just a tangled mess of stuff. So cheers for that. Well, no. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no talking your way out of it. I paused it and said, "Is this making any sense to you?" And you just went, "No, it was a bit rambly." So don't pretend like you didn't know. You knew, and like, had I have not noticed, it could have gone on for much longer, and people would have had to listen to an hour episode of me just, just basically like leaking thoughts out of my head into a microphone. Yeah. Good, good job. Good job. Oh, I'm sorry. I started thinking about dinner tonight. Why? I don't know. So you just so you just thought he's talking absolute nonsense. Um uh, so I'm just going to go and think about dinner until it's over. <laughs> right. Okay. Good for you. Mm. Sorry everybody. So yeah, it's uh it's the new episode. Um there is nothing to report. In our lives this week, you have just been at work, working away, doing the same thing that you always do. No dramas, no big deals, nothing happened. You've actually been all right uh, in the ways of burger lately. I feel like there's been nothing. You've had a couple of uh, wobbles, but uh, I've uh, I've learnt now. I've learnt the ways of Scarlet. I know that with you now, like usually when you have like massive like wobbly outbreaks, where you go a bit, you know. Nuts. Larry. Yeah. Um, I used to try and like involve myself and like say stuff and talk to things. But I've realized now that you just let you go on your rant. <laughs> and then once the rant's over, you're uh, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I think I used to try and like help too much. Try and explain things too much. Try and like talk you around. But I've realized that that just makes it last longer. You've just got to let you just uh, say your bit and then you're good. Um, but yeah, you haven't had any of that lately. That's been good. Uh, and there's nothing new with me. I've been off for this is day. This is this is the 18th day now of me being off and back at work tomorrow. Uh, and I feel relaxed, I suppose. Uh, but then I've got to go back to my work routines tomorrow, which I haven't been in for a while. So the uh, the initial jolt of being off and being in my flat all day um i mean it's been hot lately here so we've been uh hiding out anyway yes it's not good to go out in the heat but that just that works out fine for us because uh we don't have to come out but um yeah because there's a thing i don't know 
I suppose it's a th- it's one of those things like I always say it at Christmas too, but um, the summer, especially like where me and Scarlett are, because we live on like the south coast of England, and as far as beaches go, this is one of those beaches that like it's England. So like I mean, those of you that are in other countries, I'm sure like you know like you've got like English beaches are okay, um, but there's a reason why English people leave the country <laughs> to go to beaches. <laughs> Like our beaches are all right, and like don't get me wrong, Bournemouth Beach is nice. Um, it's it's like always wins awards for stuff, and like any of my family that come down here to see the beach, they like it and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's something about like I don't know British people on holiday, uh, and we get a lot of like tourists in Bournemouth because, it, like I say, it's one of the nicer beaches. Like the sea is blue, and like the sands are nice, um, and it's not like uh, Scarlet's originally from the east coast. Uh, as like when well not me I'm from like the East Midlands originally but when I used to go on holiday I used to go to the East Coast and because it's like uh, erosion thing like the seas are brown and yeah, like, they are brown it's doing the usual things like you know it's just the it's just you go because you got to go on holiday and that kind of thing but it's not like you know like people that live in like the south of France or something like that you know I imagine like it's more then again I guess if you live there it's not as holiday. I suppose it's the same problem. But anyway, because it was really hot yesterday and it was a Saturday, people were everywhere. So, like, yeah. admittedly, me and Scarlett don't go out in the heat too much anyway. I know there was, like, weather warnings saying don't go out in the heat. So we didn't anyway because we didn't want to burn. And Scarlett, like, is she's, uh, she's a bit proper pasty. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like, Scarlett burns at, like, an alarming rate in general anyway. <laughs> so you can't, you can't take her out in this. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, so, so like we didn't go out in the heat anyway. But like, I think, um, I think there was like a a point of there was too many people like everywhere. Like yeah. the beach would have been horrific. Town would have been horrific. We went out first thing in the morning before anybody else was awake, and just stayed away from it all day, which was uh, which was nice. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a double whammy. Like, because one, it's not obviously that good for you to be out when it's too hot anyway. Um, I don't like tanning, as you said. Like, I know tanning freaks me out. It worries me. I've read, like, you know, when you read about stuff and then you find out what it really is and then it kind of freaks you out. Yeah, you're you're essentially toasting your skin. Yeah, so I don't like that. And Mm. like you said, I'm really pale, so I don't tan anyway. I just burn. And yeah, it it was too hot yesterday to be going out and sitting in it all day. Like, there's loads of people that do. Um, But then, like I say, everyone flocks to the same area, so you can't really go about. And like I said, it's the same reason. It's like at Christmas. Like at Christmas, everybody's out and about with their mm. shopping and that kind of thing. I always get the same sort of feeling in the summer. In the summer, there's just too many people everywhere all the time. I guess it goes like with the saying hot and bothered as well. Like it kind of, it's like almost worse because obviously for us uh, being burgers, we're not big fans of like big groups of people in general. So having everyone out in its own right is an issue but then also i think for us neither of us particularly like being very warm uh or like i like being warm but i don't like being warm because it's warm if that makes sense like i like it being winter and i'm cold and then i like man make myself warm because i can adjust that like when i 
you know, if I've been sat under a blanket, I've made myself nice and toasty, then I can take the blanket off if I'm starting to get a bit hot. But I would much rather be able to, I'd much rather be too cold and adjust my temperature to be warmer than be too hot and not be able to get colder. I just, I hate being in this like stuffy heat. I hate it. It's, I find it really uncomfortable. I don't like like sweating or... No, I get, I find that when I get too hot, I uh, I get really like sensory and like agitated yeah. if I'm too hot. When I'm too, uh, that's too hot, I think it's the same when I'm too cold. But like with me, it's uh, yeah. I, I I always think like I'd rather be too cold than too hot. And then when I'm really cold, I'm like, oh, I'd rather be too hot than this. And then when I'm too hot, I'm like, I'd rather be too cold than this. I think I get like my sensory stuff, and it's it's weird because when I get too warm, um then everything everybody says is annoying and like uh generally like clothes on me get a bit irritating and just any sort of the my normal like trigger things for my sensory stuff so like repetition of sounds or um generally like certain like touch and sensory stuff i find that when i'm too hot it's i'm quick to to anger i suppose yeah i know everyone's a bit like that i know everyone when they get too hot you get frustrated and like that kind of thing but for me it's it's it kind of makes all my sensory stuff a lot more sensitive than it should be um than if i was at a right temperature and i've got the same problem if i'm really cold uh same thing like my sensory stuff is always a bit more i'm a bit it's it's harder to i'm harder to deal with um well i also think like in the heat the difference between hot and cold, I think the reason why I have more of an issue with, like, the heat is I start sweating. Like, I can get quite sweaty. I don't like being sweaty. That's, like, an issue for me in its own. Like, I don't like the feel of it. Then I get worried that I smell. Also, if other people have been, like, a bit sweaty and they smell, then that's, like, messing with the smell of the area. Oh, yeah, that too. And, like, I forgot about that. The, yeah. Usually if it's hot, it's sunny and then the sun's bright as well. So it just all seems to come together. Whereas if I'm cold, it's generally I'm cold and that's irritating. But with the heat, it's kind of it seems to just throw up all these other sensory things that really. Yeah, no, I didn't think about that. Yeah, especially with you. Like, yeah, bright sun, uh, if people smell, um, which yeah, I have the I have the same thing. Um, if I'm around someone that has like a body odor issue because they've been sweating out in the sun all day, I find it I get agitated around people that have a bad smell. Uh, in general, that always happens to me. If someone smells weird or smells wrong, uh, I can find myself getting quite um, yeah, quite angry. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a similar thing. So yeah, the summer is um. <laughs> It's just funny because, like, yeah, summer's not a good time to be a burger. <laughs> Christmas isn't a good time to be a burger. Um, it, it's just one of those things. Like, it it triggers uh, a lot of different um, things in me. The heat, uh, and yeah, you're probably right. Actually, I think maybe out of the hot and cold, I can get agitated when I'm cold, but not as much as when I'm too hot. Um, I suppose. But then, yeah, I don't mind being out in the sun. I don't find the brightness of the sun too bad. I don't find it, like, too much. Like, but I don't have the same light sensitivity as you do. I've got it slightly, but yours is a lot worse than mine. I hate it. Yeah. If you get it... weird if uh, I turn a, like, light on in a room and you're in there in the dark. Yeah, like, I will always... I think I said this in the last episode. Like, I don't turn the bathroom light on. I like to just, yeah. like... 
brush my teeth in the dark, have a shower in the dark, go to the toilet in the dark, like anything, I'd rather just be in darkness. So yeah, I think that's a yeah. difference for me. I mean, Or like if I open the blinds oh and the sun comes in, you're like a vampire. And like one of my favourite things to do in the evening is just to close the blinds. Like for me, it's a way of like shutting the world out. But as summer's coming, I know it's a bit weird. Like in the winter, like, I don't know, it's obviously different in different countries, but in the winter here, about six o'clock, like it's dark outside, like really dark. So closing the blinds, not a big thing. But now it's summer, it doesn't, sun doesn't set till like half nine. So shutting the blinds at six seems a bit weird because you're shutting out essentially like the, I mean, the sun for us is the living room side. So it's coming in at that time and I just want to shut the blinds and shut the world out. But it's it's weird because then you don't want to put like artificial lights on. It's just, oh, I prefer the winter. I'm much more of a winter person or I would prefer to move somewhere with uh, maybe a bit more of a cooler climate, which is the opposite for a lot of people. I know a lot of people would rather like... Yeah, you've always said that if you emigrated, emigrated, uh, you'd go to like Canada or... Oh, I'd love to go to Canada. Or somewhere like that, somewhere where it was colder. Yeah. Um, Or you've thought about moving to like North Scotland... Yeah. Where we are now, which is like, I guess... Because they're, they're slightly colder, but they're not that much colder. They're not that much colder. Um, but yeah, I know you've been thinking about, like, if you could move somewhere, you'd want to move somewhere with a colder climate. Yeah, even, like, if I went on holiday. Like, a lot of a lot of Brits go on holiday to warm places. I mean, like, commonly, like, Spain, France, Italy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whereas I've never, like, I don't have the desire to go to a hot country, but I do have the desire to go to somewhere, like, cooler. And I I do really like, you know, like, nature places, so. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we've done the British thing and had a chat about the weather. Yeah, I know. So let's move on to the actual podcast now. <laughs> yes. It's been so hot here. It's been, like, 22. <laughs> Oh, it was 25 yesterday. No, we're still doing it. We can't keep talking I know, about the weather. I know, sorry. Right, so this week's topic were, is going to be... We had a question sent to us through Facebook from... Oh, actually, yeah, I was going to... I'm not... I don't say who, because uh, it was a private message. Um, but they asked us to consider talking about overthinking and um, deep thinking. Yes. So uh, I thought... We should do that because initially when I thought about it, I thought, have we done this before? Because we did one on obsessive thoughts, which I thought was a similar topic. But then when I thought about it, overthinking, one of the things that, well, one of the first things that came to mind for me was uh, something that you do um, <laughs> for overthinking. Okay. Um, and that is where you think you know what someone else is thinking or, yeah, that is literally that. I was going to say or, but there's no or. You think what other people are thinking. So if somebody says something to you or does something to you and you're convinced you know what they meant or what they were getting at. And so you assume everything. You assume that they mean like this and that meant that, which means somebody else thinks something. And you spend like a good, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour convinced of this. Yeah. uh, Until it gets you to the point where you're all worked up and uh, you can see that you're visibly agitated from something. And it's all because you've overthought something to death. Like one person said something, um, or someone's looked at you in a way that you believe that look is, you know, one of whatever judgment or doesn't like something you've done or said, 
or somebody said something to you in a tone of voice that might not even be the tone of voice that they've actually done it in, but you've heard it in that tone of voice, and obviously because of your Asperger's, you've misinterpreted the tone, and then you think about what that means, and it leads on to maybe they think that, do they think this, everybody thinks this, and then by the time I talk to you, you're like uh, like in a frenzy about what's just happened, and then I try to explain to you it's probably not that, and you've probably just, you know, overthought this too much and you've wound yourself up about it. I say it to you all the time, but then sometimes I catch it too late. So then you're all like, no, you don't know. It's this. And yeah, I would say that that is for overthinking in general. I mean, the stuff I do, but like just to start off with, um, I think one of your problems that you have with overthinking is you think you know what everyone else is thinking. Yeah. Um, and you sometimes just sit there quietly and just try and play out what everybody secretly means and what's really happening and you think about stuff way too much and you know what I mean like I when I was in therapy I was told by my therapist that you can never know what someone's thinking as much as you think you know yeah you can't know and you know I've got a similar problem because obviously I do my um the body language thing and the way I study people and watch what they do so I can figure out when they're being weird and when they're not being weird. I've like man-made my own empathy sympathy stuff to appear like I've got it when I don't really or it doesn't work the same or whatever you want to say about Asperger's and the whole empathy sympathy thing. Like do we have it? Don't we have it? Um, But I just think that because I know how everybody works and how everybody does things, that I can work out when someone's wrong based on the way they're talking and moving and that kind of thing. But then that in itself makes me think I know what they're thinking too. Um, and I don't know that. And I used to think that all the time. I remember having loads of conversations with my therapist where I'd say, I know what people are thinking. I know they mean this. And I know they said that, but what they're secretly meaning is this. And they told me you can never know what someone's thinking, which I've told you that several times before, but it doesn't seem to stop you from doing it. And I would say you definitely overthink other stuff that people have done and said and what they might mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. That's it. Yes. You're just going to keep saying Sorry, yes. Sorry, I've said it a lot now. But, I, I... but you do. Like, but as far as overthinking goes, you are definitely... I mean, I overthink stuff and I do a lot of deep thinking into things, but... Um, you're definitely, I would say, probably worse at this than me. I would say you definitely think too much about a lot of stuff. Probably. Like, you do it all the time. Where do something, I? Yeah, where, do you know what I mean? Like, people say stuff. Um, so, like, not to go into, like, too much detail, because we don't talk about, like, what we do, where we work or anything like that too much. But um, recently with the thing where you were told not to have something happen... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and look at, like, so you were told not to let something happen and you thought you had and it wasn't your fault. But by the time I spoke to you, you'd thought about it so much that, like, you were convinced you were getting fired and this was it. It was all over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's what it is. That's what this original question was about, was about, I mean, obviously they said deep thinking too, which is the part I think is more of a positive side for this. But just starting with this, that's what I mean. That situation you got into... Yeah, that's I a, that's I... an example of you overthinking, and that's what I mean. Like you do that a lot with quite a lot of uh, situations in your life, you know. Yeah, I think I, I tend to, I think I'm the sort of person where if I'm not like a hundred percent aware of what's going on, then I will 
probably overthinking that I'll think about sort of every possible outcome so say something happens I then think about everything that could happen as a result of that and then usually focus on the one that's probably like the worst possible outcome I just think so it's probably going to be that so like in this situation you know there was loads of things that could have happened as in it could have not been an issue it could have been that it happened and no one cared it could have been that it doesn't matter like it could have been all of these things but it could have been that I got in loads of trouble and got fired and that was the one that my head went to even though ultimately what ended up happening was what I thought had happened hadn't happened and everything was fine yeah so like yeah I definitely probably go to the worst case scenario and that's the one that I assume it must be because why would it not be the worst thing that could put like yesterday I came here and the windows were open and you never go out with the windows open she will always not yesterday Friday you always shut the windows before you leave the flat. So I, Yeah, because I'm convinced there's burglars waiting in the bushes for me to go out with the windows open so they can somehow climb up the side of my building, <laughs> get into my windows and rob me. I always think it, so I never go out with the windows open. Yeah, and that is, that is a fact, probably an area of your overthinking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, you know, I walk up to the flat, I see the windows were open, so you're going to be here. Also, like, we're both very much creatures of routine, so I knew that, it, like you're very rarely going to be out and there not be like a reason that I would know why not in a like I always know where you are but do you know what I mean like if you haven't said to me like um you're going to the hairdressers or you're meeting like your ex or do you know what I mean like the things that you could be doing yeah then I'm you're probably just in the flat because you're not really the sort of person to just spontaneously be out well, as a side note on this, even though I say that I don't leave the windows open when I go out because I'm convinced that people are going to sneak into the flat, I've realised that every time I've gone out in these last two weeks off, I close the windows. Yeah. So I know that if there is a secret burglars watching the house, <laughs> they know that if the windows are closed, I've gone out. Oh, no. And if the windows are open, I must be in. So I kind of left them open because I thought they'll think that I'm in still when I'm not in. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. You're crazy. <laughs> we're both crazy. But yeah, I know what you mean. But, I'd, I'd normally I'd be in, and I hadn't. I knew you were coming here. Um, yeah. And I know that. Um, I know that you were gonna. So I did. <laughs> yeah, I I just didn't tell you that I was uh, I was out. But the plan was. I mean, to be fair to this creatures of routine kind of thing. <laughs> is I walked to the place I was going the same way that you walk back from work so I knew I'd bump into you and I would then be like, I'm just going to go pick this up. I was picking something like an Amazon delivery up out of a locker and I just thought I'll go now and then I'll bump into you on the way back and then you can help me get it because it was quite a big thing. Um, But for some reason, even though you're saying that I'm a creature of routine, your routine is to walk down the same alleyway, which is where I was planning on bumping into you, and on the one day I decide to walk down there without telling you I'm going that way, uh, you chose to walk through a supermarket because it was a hot day and you said you wanted to walk through the fridge section to cool down. Yeah. And so I missed you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. So, so like, just to clarify, it might be like me breaking routine by yeah, going I out also, without telling you, but you did it too. I also broke routine. And it's really weird for me because I don't like using the supermarket as a cut through 
I'll only ever do it if I'm with you. I never do it on my own because I worry that it's illegal or... Illegal? Yeah, I know. Because I'm not buying anything. Because I'm not buying anything. I worry I'm going to get into trouble. So I don't usually do it, but I was so hot that I just, I needed that fridge section. But anyway, so I broke my routine. You broke your routine by going out. So I get back to, I get back here to your flat. I'm knocking on the door and you don't answer. And I thought, oh, you're like messing with me. So I called your phone and it just went straight off. And like your phone's never off. You always have your phone with you. Mm-hmm. And your phone is pretty much always on loud. Yeah. So like, if I ring you, it's very rare that you won't answer. It's rarer that it would just not even ring. So I call again. Um, and same thing. I don't get through. So obviously my head goes to he's in the flat dead. Yeah. <laughs> he must have died in the flat. Which is why he's not coming to the door, but the windows are open. So I'm like banging on the flat, like, Nikki! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, assuming that you're dead, panicking. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you said you tried to kick the door in. Tried to kick the door in. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, it was genuinely like, and that was me probably overthinking because like initially I get there and like my first thought was like that you just were joking around, not answering the door to me like deliberately. Then my second thought was maybe he's popped out, but then I was like, where would he pop out to? That's unlikely. Uh, so then my third thought is something's happened, and then obviously like with my overthinking, I just go straight to the worst case scenario of he's died. <laughs> Or, yeah. like, has passed out or something. Something that was serious and I was worried. And I think that's, like, a key Yeah, you example. do that all the time. You go straight to... Like when we talked about when you try to nearly abandon your car because you got lost. Yeah. Um, You just... Yeah, I mean, I, I said that, that was part of the overreacting thing. But, yeah, you do think about stuff too much and it's the whole, like, mountain out of a molehill kind of thing with you. Do you know that one? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, it is just is that... Is that like big thing over a little thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. big thing out of here, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where you you do that. And it's it's usually if you've been left alone to it um, or you think about stuff too much. And I can always tell when you've done it because, you know, like when a routine changes or, do you know what I mean, like something, like we're supposed to go do something... Uh, and then we get there and we can't yeah. or something like that. You do this face where immediately you're like, like just start of overthinking stuff and you start like thinking about it way too much. And then that has a knock on effect to another part of your day. And then mm. you do it all the time where, and it's always like if something's been said or sometimes I'll say something to you and you won't just outright say it. So say like, um, I don't know, like as an example, Say we're supposed to go to, I don't know, Tesco yes. to go do some shopping or something. But, and I've said to you all morning, like, we're going to go at 10. We'll go at 10. 10 o'clock, we're going to go to Tesco. But then I forget that we're supposed to go to Tesco, which happens with me sometimes. And I say, oh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll go grab a coffee. You don't ever go to me, uh, aren't we going to Tesco? You just sit there, like your eyes go really wide um, and you start doing this like rapid eye movement thing and your head starts shuffling about and you just think, well, um, in your head, you're like, when, when are we going to go to, oh, if we're not going there then, mm-hmm. then, when do we go? Do we go later? But then we're doing this later on that day and then this and then like you do that. And then after about 
10, 15 minutes, you just start getting like really like rabid. Like, and you seem like kind of like really like worked up. And then I'm like, what's up? And you're like, nothing, nothing's up. And I'm just like, what is it? And you're just like, nothing, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, it's fine. And I'm like, no, seriously, what's wrong? Because I can always tell when there's something up with you. And then eventually I get you to admit, you're just like, I just thought we were just thought we were going to the supermarket at 10 and I'm like well, oh yeah yeah no yeah we will go do that and then it's fine but like you do this thing where you like think about everything too much instead of just thinking he's probably forgot <laughs> you uh you just think he's changed it but then that knocks onto this and what about that and we've got to be here at this time and yes we said we'd go here and there's there's no part of you that thinks he's forgotten he like he normally does do you know what I mean you just don't do that um and yeah that's that's the I think that's that's one of the things for you. As far as like deep thinking goes with you, I'm uh, I'm not. <laughs> I know it's I know it's about to sound like what I'm about to say. I don't really have you down as a deep thinker. Um, <laughs> like, not in a, not in a bad way. I just I you don't do much deep thought. You know, like you're like you're you're good at like stuff and and like doing things like. You know, you do like your Sudoku and like you're good with like problems and like working things out and that kind of thing. But I don't I don't see you ever like sitting about and like having like deep thoughts about things or worrying about stuff that much. Like I do. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at like overthinking stuff all the time. Like I it's how I've ended up getting like weird like anxiety about stuff. Um yeah. like for example, um you know, recently, like with uh, promotions at like where I work, yeah, yeah, I overthink like the future. So because I I <laughs> don't know what's going to happen, and I I don't really like it doesn't really matter, I suppose. But I overthink like what's going to happen, and then it's going to lead to this, and then if that happens, this will happen, and then what's going to happen here, and I do a lot of that, and you know I do because before me and you used to hang out, I just have these thoughts in my head, but now you have to deal with. Um, me or like when you've got a problem and I keep repeating myself and <laughs> going into like loads of different detail about the same problem and then later on the same day I go oh yeah and another thing about that like I, I kind of verbalize my I suppose overthinking with you now but I'm terrible for trying to predict what will happen like yeah. one event will make me think about everything else so it doesn't matter what it is I start and it's Sometimes it's like really weird stuff. So say like when I've spent too much money on clothes. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like say I've bought loads of clothes off the internet and then I start thinking, but then like what about this 70 pounds, you know, like I've just spent, what if I need it for this? And what if that happens? And, you know, then like the boiler explodes and then I've got to do this. And then I do that a lot where I try and like make it overthink like a chain of events that's probably not going to happen. But for some reason in my head, I start thinking, what if? Yeah. And then I what if everything. And then sometimes with you, um, like when you've got a problem and you tell me about it, I think of a solution for it. But then I keep repeating the same solution over and over again to you and then add new bits yeah. and then change stuff and that kind of thing. And that's, I would say that I do it, I do it more. And then once we're finished talking about it, I'll then just sit and be in my head about it constantly and, like, I'll be trying to watch telly. And if something on the... <laughs> like, we could be watching something really, like, odd. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of something we've watched recently. I suppose, like, we've just finished watching Sopranos. I'll see, um, like, Tony Soprano say something. 
And then I'm just like, oh, I wonder if they've got to do what I've got to do. I wonder what they'd do if they were me, like if they had the same problem. Like if they were in my situation and they just spent £70 on, like, would it be bad for them? What would they do? <laughs> I should think more like them. I start doing a lot of that. Like it interrupts like everything I do. My thinking processes are a bit like full on. Like it, it, it invades everything. Everything I'm doing, I somehow then think, but what if like they had the same problem? So initially I go through my own situation and my own life and uh, whatever. It's like when you say to me, because every now and then you tell me that, you know, you, you might lose your job or do something or that kind of thing. I start thinking, like, what would happen if that happened to me if I lost my job? What would I do, you know? Mm. But then people lose their jobs all the time or just change jobs all the time and they're fine. Everybody's fine. Everything works out okay. But would it work out okay? Maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't. And I I'm always like that. My brain constantly... If I'm stuck on a problem or if I have an issue, especially like more the negative stuff, I tend to think about it all the time and yeah. think about like ways of fixing it and think about like, do you know what I mean? Like uh, solutions all the time. And then I think of like several different solutions and, you know, if this doesn't happen, I can do this. And if that doesn't happen, I can do that. And I, I think it has something to do with the like my possible executive functioning disorder and do you know what I mean, like this ADHD thing, is that I tend to like just think about stuff too much. Uh, and I, I don't really, I'm never really that present, you know, like in the in the now, I suppose. Yeah. Like sometimes when you're talking to me, you can tell I'm just not there. Like, at yeah, all. definitely. Um, and sometimes I'll be talking to people. Like, I mean, the reason that we're on like the third take of this podcast is because I was talking uh, and... There wasn't really like any sort of substance. Yeah. In yeah. my head there was. Um, but what I was saying wasn't. It's like this episode, it's like how we're recording this now. I overthink a lot and um yeah, I overthink everything. Everything yeah, I do, do, I overthink. Uh everything I do. All my thoughts are usually divided. I don't solidly put all my thoughts into one thing at one time. I'm always thinking about five or six different things all at once. Um, and some of them are hypothetical situations that will never happen. Some are things that are coming up in the future that might not matter. Some are thing, I, sometimes I'm thinking about stuff that have just happened. And I start thinking about what I could have done or what I should have done. Yeah. Um, or what it really meant or, you know, that kind of thing. Which is usually why I like to stay away from people as much as possible. Because the more I'm around people, the more of these thoughts happen because they're putting new things in there. Like if I'm solitary and by myself, there's less things coming into my head all at once. Like I'll only have like two or three constant thought processes. Whereas if I'm out and about and doing stuff all the time, I have like new ones added in by by other stuff. I mean, for example, we went for breakfast this morning and... Um, there were some guys in there on motorbikes and like I was saying loads of things about them because I found their whole, the way they were a bit much for me. And uh, I then started thinking like, I wonder if the waitress can hear me. Do, what do I sound like? Like, do I sound like I'm jealous of these biker types or does she agree that I think that it's a bit much um, just the way they were? Um, do you know what I mean? Like I start thinking stuff like that, like all the time. Yeah. Just about other stuff. And um, other people, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think um, 
I think you're right that we're probably different because I guess my overthinking is more to do with um, basically I'll overthink things when a routine is changed and that's pretty much it like if if I'm upset or meltdowny or a bit off it's pretty much always because of a routine yeah I think that is it's pretty yeah it's always routine based of why I would be overthinking or not thinking or thinking too much about something whereas like you said I don't think I really get like I'm not really a worrier I would say uh, other than the instant overthinking that is done you know re is over and done with kind of quickly I wouldn't say that I'm a huge worrier like I won't spend however long worrying about things I don't know how long you'll put into worrying about something um usually until it's been dealt with so once the problem's gone uh or has a solution or has an outcome then it's constant until it's dealt with yeah so with me anyway i think you're right with that when sometimes if i've got something that's bothering me or has bothered me i'll mention it but i usually wouldn't so if something annoys me or irritates me usually it's just i keep it inside um and it sort of would like I'll process it or whatever at some point I don't know it more just goes away I don't usually have to think about it too much it will just go but sometimes if I've got it seem a bit off you'll ask me what's wrong or you'll want to know so I'll tell you but usually if I tell you it's more just to let you know or to get it off my chest I suppose like as that's a thing people say but I don't often want to like work out a solution sometimes I do but yeah sometimes you'll say something and you'll you'll come up with like a good idea and I'll think that's a good idea uh you're right but then you like you say you will then overthink it like I think you'll do it for my problems sometimes as well uh where you'll then sort of be thinking about it and like you say you'll bring it up a little bit later and it will it'll go on and it almost feels like it, it ends up sort of like ultimately bothering you more than it was bothering me or um yeah but i think that's because with you you don't tell me what's wrong when something's wrong so usually with you you can tell when something's wrong because you start your behavior is really weird um and you know there's something up but then when you try and get it out of you it's really hard to get it out of you because you don't want to just outright say something's up but i know something's up and it it takes me ages to get it out of you. But I think the reason that I really push to get you to tell me what it is is because if you don't tell me what it is, I'll think about what it could be. Yeah. Um, and if I don't know what's been going on with you or if I haven't seen you in a while, you know, then I don't really um, know what could be bothering you this time. And like you said, I'll just keep thinking about it constantly until eventually I go to like one of the worst possible like scenarios there is. Um, and then, you know, at that point I'm like super anxious, like really agitated by it because I need you to go back to the way you were. So I need you to just tell me because yeah. otherwise if I try and work it out, it's weird because sometimes I'll have in my head the actual problem. So say you're just, I don't know, um, I can't even think of like, cause you, usually your worries aren't really that bad, but say it's just, it's something minor. Like you think you've upset someone. Yeah, And that's what you're worried about is you just sat about thinking about have you or haven't you, but you're not sure. Um, usually with me, I can tell that's what the problem is because 
you kind of tell me what's happened, but you don't put like your own opinion on it. So normally when you tell me about your day, you just sort of go through stuff and you'll say things, but you won't say like, and this made me feel like that, or I shouldn't have done this, or I'm upset about that. You just trying to tell me stuff like you're listening. It's kind of like listening to a news report, you know, <laughs> where, you know, in a news report, they don't give you an opinion on how they feel about the news. They're just telling you the news. You're kind yeah. of like that. So then what I have to do is I have to like try and pick out what it could be based on the things you've said. Mm. And initially my gut reaction or the first thought I have is usually the problem it is. And I usually pick something really minor because I know with you that you're a bit of a worrier when it comes to stuff like that. Like I say, you're not someone that worries constantly but when there's a genuine something that's happened that you're worried about, you will do. But you won't like pull worries out of thin air like I do. Um, I usually think it's that. But then because you're not telling me and you keep saying everything's fine and you're OK and it's nothing and you don't know what I'm talking about and I'm imagining it. I start thinking you're hiding it for a reason because it's something worse. And then the more I keep asking you and the more you keep telling me nothing's wrong, it makes me think it's something worse and then something worse and then something worse because I'm thinking about it too much. And then eventually when you do tell me, it is that very first thing that I thought it might be, the minor thing that's yeah. not that big a deal. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay. But then because I need you to stop doing what you're doing, I think that's why I then repeatedly like try and make solutions and tell you what you should do and tell you how to fix it and telling you that there's nothing to worry about just to get you back to the thing. But I think it's because I've spent so long sat about thinking about it all the time Yeah, that it's now got me to like a really like um, odd feeling, like I'm in a really weird, like nervous like state. Yeah, kind of worked up. That I'm now repeatedly just repeating like this mantra of here's how you need to fix yeah. it until you go back down to normal again and then I can stop. And with you, like you're quite... As much as you're, um, I would say you're more animated than me and you're more emotional than I am. Yeah. Um, you don't give a lot away the most <laughs> of the time. Like as much as you are more emotional than me, you're only emotional than me with the extremes. So when you're really upset, you can tell you're really upset. And when you're really happy, you can tell you're really happy. Like we've talked about this before with your meltdowns and you're jumping up and down on the spot and that kind of thing. But when you're in an all right mood or nothing's bothering you, you're quite closed off. Uh, and it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get stuff out of I you because you just won't say anything. I know. Um, and because I need you to go back to a different way, I'm trying, but because you're not reacting anyway, you could be better, but I have no idea. You need to physically say to me, like, I feel better, um, which is how everybody is with me. If you don't physically use the words of the actual emotion you're talking about, um, I won't be able to just pick up on it. Um, and yeah, that's that's to just... That's just the way I am. But I need you to go back to normal because if you don't go back to normal, I'll just spend all my time thinking about what's wrong and thinking about how to fix it. And then sometimes I convince myself I don't care. So then sometimes I'm just like, whatever, just ignore it. It's not your problem. Like, yeah. You just go about doing your own stuff. Like with my time off at the moment, because I've been off for two weeks, um, I've tried to relax. And trying to relax for me is difficult because I think about relaxing. So I've spent all my time thinking, relax, just relax, just just relax. Don't worry about everything <laughs> else. Just ignore it. Ignore what's going on with, you know, work. Ignore what's going on with people you know. Ignore what's going on with the world in general and just relax, you know. Like, none of it's your problem. None of it's for you to worry about. There's nothing really, like, that's a burden on you. So just stop. 
And then I spend all my time thinking about relaxing, like hours on end, just thinking, relax, just let go of it, just relax. And it doesn't do anything, you know, like all I'm doing is I'm winding myself up about my inability to relax. Um, and so I have that issue. So then like, yeah, like I just think about doing something and just won't do it. Uh, and then, you know, I start going into like, I suppose, the deep thinking side of things because I start thinking about the benefits of relaxing and, you know, what it could do. And, you know, I start thinking like this, like having anxiety and, you know, worries about stuff is all right now because I'm relatively young, so it's fine. But when I get older, my body won't cope with it as well yeah. as it is doing. You know, it could lead to like all kinds of like stress related like illnesses. I would say that's a typical for your like sort of overthinking or deep thinking or whatever. I would say that's quite a typical thought of yours. That but, but, is something but that comes up. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm overthinking, relax and telling myself to. Yeah. But then that makes me think about what will happen if I don't. Yeah. And then I start thinking about that. And then I'm not relaxed. I'm like anxious and worried because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God, if I don't start relaxing, I could die. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, is, that is one of yours. Yeah. And that's me trying to relax. Like, but because I think too much, it ends up me thinking, like, if you don't calm down, you're going to have a heart attack. And I'm just like, oh, my God, really? Like, uh, <laughs> I need to relax then. I start, like, thinking, how do I relax? Like, do I, like like some incense or like do some meditation or something like i just start thinking like what's traditional relaxing mechanisms that people do and then i try and stay calm and then like you'll come home from work and you'll be like i can tell you're slightly agitated and then in my head i'm thinking we're supposed to be relaxing here <laughs> and she's in here like ruining the relaxed vibe even though like i'm like <laughs> do you know what i mean like obviously like frantic about it and I'm like, I'm a bit like, we're supposed to be relaxed. This isn't relaxed. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things with me. Uh, and then I have to spend ages trying to chip it out of you. And then when I get it out of you, I try and then calm you down. And then once you're back to being your normal self, I'm just like, right, now we can go back to relaxing again. Yeah. When really I, I haven't at all, you know, like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up getting like stomach ulcers or something at this point. Like, See, there's another one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, but this is what I mean. So I'm always doing it. I'm always overthinking stuff. It's the same reason with like my health anxieties where I told you, I think I've mentioned before in podcasts, that sometimes I'd get a cough and then assume it's lung cancer. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not like I have the first cough and think that's lung cancer. I just have a cough and think um, oh, I must have like a dry throat or, you know, it's just something tickled me. It's just like when you sneeze. Do you know what I mean? But then like 20 minutes later, I'll cough again and I'm like, okay, that's the second time now. Um, yeah, you'll start, I start taking notes. I start thinking you. like, how much coughing do I normally do in a week? Do I do, uh, that's two, that's two. And then like another one comes and it's like, okay, something's wrong. Um, and I just start doing that, like, and that's, that is, like, my thought processes. And that'll just be one of the several thoughts I've got going on is the cough thing. This is, um, sorry, did you? No, no. no. Well, I was just thinking, I don't know whether it's to do with your um, potential executive functioning disorder. And I'd also be interested to see if anyone that's listening has anything, like, feel free to comment in the group or let us know. Because I think a thing with you that's different to me is... Like like we just said, if I've got a problem, like generally I prefer to most of the time not talk about it. I'm one of the people that doesn't really like talking about problems. And if I do talk about it, I don't really need like a lot of talk about it. I don't like to go over something again and again and again. I like, I'll say it, maybe like a brief conversation and then it's done. And then I don't really want to like pick it back up and go back into it because... If it's something that's, like, annoyed me, I don't want to get myself worked up again. Or 
if it's something that you know has made me feel a certain type of way like I only need to come to it once and once I've dealt with it I've dealt with it but I don't know whether for you the difference is because like you said when you've got a problem you'll talk about it and then a lot of the time you'll talk about it again or you'll talk about it for like some hours or you'll talk about it have a break and then pick it back up again and I'm wondering if it's because you feel like there should be some sort of conclusion like if something's bothered you there should be uh it's almost like you're talking about it because you're searching for the close like a closure on it and maybe you feel like it hasn't quite been closed because it's still bothering you because it's something that bothered you so inevitably it will it's not like you're going to come back to it and be like oh no actually that's not bothered me if it's something that really has so I don't know whether you have the conversation and you almost keep talking about it because you're waiting to suddenly feel okay. And because I, sometimes I know you do that, you sort of, you keep going until you feel the response you feel like you should be getting. And I don't know whether you talk about it and you still feel annoyed. So you'll carry on talking about it and then you check in again and you'll still feel annoyed and then something distracts you from it. But then all of a sudden, like, your brain almost picks it back up again. And you think, well, I'm still annoyed about that, so I must need to... I don't know. I don't, don't know if that's how you feel it might be. Um, I think how it works for me is because... I think before diagnosis, I believed 100% that I was like everybody else. Yeah. And because of that, I thought that my reactions to stuff would be the same as everybody else. Yeah. So I thought I'd have, um, do you know what I mean? Like the same emotional responses to things as normal people do. And the problem with that is I didn't know what it feels like because I've never had them, but I'd convinced myself from thinking about it that um, I knew what reactions were, you know, like from telly and watching people do stuff. I just assumed that I knew what the reactions were. And I always thought there was something blocking it. And so obviously I went into therapy initially so she'd clear that blockage and then all my normal emotional reactions would come through. Yeah. But they don't. And so what happens is, like you said, when I've got a problem and when I try and stop it or get it to go away, I do this thing where I um, I keep going on about it because I'm expecting this feeling yeah. of that's done now, I feel better. You know, like when people say talking about something makes you feel better and like, a, what is it, like a burden shared is a burden halved or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I'm expecting. I'm expecting to come up with a solution to a problem, even if it's not mine. Say it, have the person react to it, and then I'm supposed to feel relief from it. Like I have sorted it. And I convinced myself that until I have the feeling of relief, it's not dealt with. Um, and so there are times where it is done with and it is fixed and I feel no different about it um, unless it's something obvious. So the only times I've had problems where I felt OK about it is say like I uh, and ugh, we use shopping as examples all the time on this podcast, but whatever. Um, say I've returned something, sent something back online through the post and I haven't received a refund in the time they say you should get a refund by. Yeah. And then I start emailing them saying, where's my refund? And they're saying they haven't received the item. There's that feel of worry where I start thinking too much, like, oh, did I actually put the sticker on properly? Or maybe the postman lost it. And if it has been lost, 
what do I do about it? I start going through their policies and trying to figure out how I sort it out, if that's what's happened and have people in the past done it and that kind of thing. And then I overthink it and I worry about where it's gone and maybe I shouldn't worry about the money I'm not getting back. Does it really matter? And then I get the email saying, we've received your return. Your refund is now being processed. Your money should be in your bank account tomorrow. All of a sudden, it's all gone. I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. It's out of here because that's a straightforward, I needed a refund. I've got the refund. It's dealt with. I don't think any more of it. But other situations or more complicated situations to do with like people's emotions and how people feel uh, and situations like that, because I'm not getting a feeling of that's dealt with now or I don't feel satisfied in myself that it's done with, um, I'll just keep going on about it and on about it and on about it. And even when it's been dealt with and the person that is involved has said it's been dealt with, it's good now, I don't feel anything for it because it's such a... I don't know what the word is, but it's such a maybe ambiguous like topic that it could be done, it might not be done, and... I feel like weirdly like it's not been sorted, but I feel like neurotypical people would have a feeling of, do you mean like an emotional response to that's dealt with now. And because I think I'm supposed to get one still, even though I I would say that I have accepted my diagnosis and that I am uh, autistic, I still expect like this feeling of, well, that's done with now and it doesn't come. And having someone tell me it's done with because in the past people have said to me yeah I feel better now it's done with and then I find out later on that they were lying they were just saying it because I don't know whatever reasons they said it I now like have issues with believing people on that kind of thing so I start thinking like are they okay are they all right start constantly saying to them are you okay is everything fine um and I feel like that's that's how it is I'm expecting a feeling of I know it's done um and it, it doesn't come to me so I start thinking about it some more and just thinking Maybe it's not done. Or if the solution did come about and did fix it, I start thinking of alternative solutions that might have been better or might have been successful and would have dealt with it faster. Yeah, I think that's quite a... Not just for <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Sorry, not just for this topic, but I think for a lot of things with you, there is this, um, like, you are waiting for an emotional response. And I think... I'm trying to think of because it's definitely something that's come up before with us I know it's come up with you for uh like you said when you're talking to people and sometimes you carry on talking because you're waiting for some sort of response or reaction from them that you're just not getting so you you continue I don't know I think it's it's something for you in particular. Yeah, it's like if I've got to talk to somebody. So say somebody's annoyed me or done something wrong and I've got to have a conversation with them where I tell them how I feel and how things have happened and how I'm annoyed. In yeah. my head, I've thought about the situation so much that I've worked out everything the other person's going to say. Yeah. And how it's going to go and what they're going to do. And you've heard me do it with you before where I've gone and if they say that, I'm going to say this. Yeah. Um, I do it all the time and when I have to have a conversation with someone that's a bit, not confrontational, but a bit more than a normal everyday chat, uh, I have it in my head how it's going to go, what I'm going to say, what they're going to say and what the end result's going to be. And obviously I can't really predict that, but then when I have the conversation and it doesn't go the way I, like what happens is completely different to any possible combination of like words that I predicted 
I get really disorientated and feel like it's not been sorted because it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And so I just keep chipping away at them. And that's usually with me how arguments start is they feel like they've said everything they're going to say, but I keep pushing them because they need to say the things that I need them to say for me to be okay with it. And then before you know it, I like I'm in a I'm in an argument with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel that's from overthinking definitely because I think too much about certain situations that I'm going to have to deal with. Or like if you're going to have to go into a situation where I need you, where you're going to have to tell someone something, I'm always just like, if they say that, you say this. And if you say that, they'll say this. But then you've got this to say to them. Uh, and that's worse in some ways because <laughs> I'm not there in that conversation. And usually when I when you come back and I'm like, how did it go? And you just sort of go, yeah, it was fine. I just think like, okay, um, but what happened? Um, and yeah, I, I get that. I expect certain things from people and I expect things to go a certain way because I've overthought scenarios to death before I've got involved in them. And I think I've worked out exactly how it's going to go. And then when it doesn't, I feel kind of cheated. I feel like, well, what just happened there then? Like that's that's not how I thought this was going to happen. I didn't, th- I, I didn't, do you know I mean, like I was expecting them to not do this so yeah I get really odd about it in general yeah that kind of stuff but I think in some ways it can work to an advantage for for some things because in a way it does almost if you are overthinking about all the different um sort of angles a way a situation could go I suppose that could be beneficial in that you're almost prepared for everything no um no no I would say (laughs) In theory, yes, um, but nine times out of ten, situations with, especially with NT people, do not go the way I think they're going to go. But um, it's because I'm thinking about how they'd respond if I was them. Uh, it's an interesting thing, like I explained to you before that when I was in uni, I did uh, script writing for film and TV. Yeah. Uh, and I had to write, obviously, dialogue of how people talked. And my comments were always the same. Like, every time I got a script back, good story, but people don't talk like this. (laughs) This is not how people interact with each other. This is not a normal emotional response to these situations. Um, And no matter how many times I redrafted and rewrote it, they'd still say the same thing every time. And that's because as much as I can think of every scenario, I can only ever think of scenarios of if I'm both people in that conversation, how it's going to go, or my predictions on how I think somebody else is going to react. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would say as much as it sounds, in theory, it sounds like I should be prepared for every scenario. But uh, I would say the majority of the time when I have these conversations, the outcome is never the outcome that I predicted. Um, no. It's always a weird one that I didn't see coming. And that's just because I can't think like an NT person. And I know because there's more NT people in the world than there are autistic people. I know that for a lot of people, they can deal with these situations because they're NT and the person they're talking to is NT. So they know how it's going to go and they know how those situations work. But I feel like for people on the spectrum, we it's harder for us to work out how interactions are going to go and what's going to happen because we don't behave in a way that's neurotypical therefore like when we're talking to a neurotypical our reactions are not standard which is going to trigger something weird in a neurotypical person because they're used to reacting and interacting with neurotypical people themselves so when they interact with somebody on the spectrum their reactions are based on what we're doing and what we're doing is not considered the the norm 
So you can't yeah. expect their responses to be the norm either. Whereas I do. I think I can go in a conversation and be my normal autistic self and they're going to react like they were having a conversation with someone that wasn't autistic. And that's probably why I can't work out where I've gone wrong or why it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out, I just come home and think about it some more. But I do think um, with you, like, I feel... um, I wouldn't say, like, jealous is the wrong thing, but I think it's quite impressive with you when you do... Um, like say something is bothering you or has annoyed you or you, you have some sort of like emotional response to something and then you talk to me about it and you do the thing you do where you talk about it probably more than like most people would like say you've been you know going on a bit of a rant and it's been going on for a while I do think that it's quite impressive because you generally seem to know like how you feel about it and I do think you maybe like process it more because like like we said I don't really do that like I am more of a closed book with stuff so I am definitely more emotional and I'm quite like can be quite dramatic but with a lot of things I don't like I don't really like expressing how I feel about particular things so if something has annoyed me I don't really like saying that it's annoyed me I am a lot more shut off than you but a lot of the time like I also don't really know how I feel about it and I think that's why I don't overthink things as much because uh, it's too much effort for me to work out how I feel about something almost so I do think it's quite impressive with you like I like the fact that you always seem to know where you're at with it yeah, um, but I think with me, because like I said before, I only really respond to negative stuff. Yeah. So like my most of my emotions that I can express are negative emotions. I think I've noticed that like when we talk or when I do go on my rants, I mean, the fact that they're called rants for a start yeah. can explain to like what I'm talking about. I, I feel like I know where I'm at when it comes to stuff that has annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, or stuff that I have issues with. But have you ever seen me with stuff that's positive? I seem, like, confused and... Yeah, that's true. Not sure. Like, for me, everything's a problem that needs a solution. So when yeah. you've got something that's not a problem, I don't know how to feel about it yeah. or what to think about it. So I don't ever overthink good stuff. In my head, I don't ever think about, like... The nice things or what could happen if this happens. It doesn't really happen because I, I don't know how to deal with the positive stuff. I feel like positive stuff doesn't need to be dealt with. Therefore, I don't need to give it any time. Yeah. You know, bad stuff is the stuff that, you know, for me, problems always need thought, always need solutions. And I would say the things that I think about constantly mostly are problems and issues that I need to sort out. I do think about some positive stuff sometimes, but it's not positive it's more about like the details of things. Like sometimes I think about stuff just in a, uh, I wonder what happens if this happens and that's interesting because of this, you know, but I don't really, the stuff I mainly think about are solutions, uh, problems that need solutions. So I'd like to do, I do a lot of problem solving with my thoughts and how to fix stuff. But uh, yeah, when it comes to positive stuff, and like you say, you like that I'm more in touch with that kind of stuff, but that's because I'm good at dealing with um issues so when you've got a problem or you've got an issue I'm good at helping you think of solutions for it because that's what I've always done so I'm I'm better at like sorting stuff out because I've spent most of my time 
thinking about stuff over and over again. And then when a solution comes that, I mean, a problem comes that I've experienced several times before that you don't know how to deal with, I'm in there with the solutions because... Yeah, you are. Because it's happened to me several times before and each time I've tried a different approach to try and get the right thing out of it. Or I've, you know, I've I've seen what happens when you go the wrong way so I know which ways not to go. And so, yeah, I do that most of the time. Yeah, and you are, you are really good at that. I think what's interesting is, like you said, you... Uh, when you're deep thinking you do a lot of like problem solving which is interesting because I think a lot of my thoughts are problem solving they're just nothing to do with my life or the world around me so I when I do kind of get lost in thought I do a lot of thinking about um <laughs> like sudoku yeah you said I, you make sudoku puzzles in your head yeah you? I make sudoku puzzles in my head and then I solve them and then I'm always really impressed if I've managed to come up with one that numerically works together because I can think of every single number I can think of like where everything goes uh so then yeah I'm always impressed if I've managed to get all of it in and it work perfect like if I've managed to think up where 81 numbers go and make them fit perfectly then I'm really happy with that and like sometimes I'll do it with like Rubik's Cube like I'll think of a Rubik's Cube in my head and then work out the quickest way to solve the cube um from the picture in my head and I can think of every single side and where every single different color like I do stuff like that and then sometimes I test my brain because then I'll be like wait what colour was there? Like, I do stuff like that a lot. And, like, sometimes I'm even, like, in thought and then I'm like, oh, Scarlett, you have... This is too much. Like, stop trying to... Like, I do that, but I don't do it with, like, real-life things. It's very much, like, separate to my world. It will always be weird things or, like... Because I know French nowhere near as good as I used to know French but I know French sometimes I'll think of like um a song that I like and then I'll try and translate it in my head and then when I can't I'm like oh maybe I'll have a look at what that word is because I've forgotten what that word is or what word would fit best in this sentence and things like that or I try and remember things and codes and uh, sums I do stuff like that but I don't do what you do yeah but my for me that's I've got like it's the opposite so I think I've got enough actual problems that <laughs> why would I give myself ones that don't really matter like I don't like Sudoku, Rubik's Cubes, Jigsaw puzzles any stuff like that <laughs> stuff where you'd give yourself an actual problem because for me whether I put a jigsaw together or not who cares like what difference does it make if it stays in the box in pieces or is built if I have a Rubik's Cube if I've, I've had them in the past where they've been jumbled up and I've never solved them but I don't care that they're not solved. I don't look at them and think that's annoying. Um, and it's with Sudoku, I've, I've, I've tried. Like, I still don't get how it works. I, I mean, I, I understand it, but whatever. Like, it just annoys me. And I found with puzzles that don't matter in that way. I don't find them, like, relaxing or a distraction. I get. I find myself getting angry with them. It's like when I'm playing a computer game and there's just a bit I can't get past. I don't find it like, oh, I've got to work out a way to do this. I just start getting really frustrated and just think, well, that's it with this. I'm not playing this anymore. This is stupid. Um, and that's because like, I have issues in, I suppose, problems in my life that I need to sort out and I need to get done because I need to, because they're like life stuff that I wouldn't then give myself like a load of like, 
unnecessary. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, because I, I can't do a Sudoku or a crossword and think this is fun. I just think, and now I've got to do this, you know, like, so I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm not the same in that way. And I, I think it's almost the opposite for me where I think, well, you know, I could be thinking about, uh, <laughs> I could be worrying about how much work I've got to do at my job. Like I've got loads of things that I need to get done by a certain amount of time. Or <laughs> yeah, I could not think about any of that and just think about this. And I think that's what I do. I I don't I don't think that there's one better than the other because in some ways I just sort of disassociate from reality which probably isn't great when it's actually something that I need to think about like I I I never am like like I'm fortunate in that I'm never super like struggling for money or anything like that but I imagine if I was mm. uh I've made it sound like I'm rich I'm totally not rich like at mm. all not even slightly but I you know like I'm not like dangerously low in my bank account but if I was I know that the issue I would have there would be like my brain wouldn't go oh my god like how are we going to sort this out my brain would go don't worry about that just focus on sudoku and everything will be all right like I think that's so yeah. I, I don't think that's good, but then you're sort of the flip side of the spectrum where you also, like, uh, you're not rich, but you're not, like, struggling for money or anything. But I know sometimes you worry now when you are comfortable about money that yeah, you I give, don't need to. I give, so. I give my stuff to work. I give myself things. If I'm not worried about something, I give myself something to worry about. But yeah. it won't be, like... It will just be something that I, it's it's something I start thinking about and then my thought processes get away from me and I start imagining these like weird like doomsday scenarios yeah. about stuff that probably won't happen. But then I start thinking, but yeah, but what if it does? I need to be ready for that. Yeah, like this is not at all like re- real, but yeah. say you have like a surplus of £500 a month mm. that you can just spend on anything but then you spend like 50 quid on clothes and all of a sudden sometimes you'll be like, oh, should I have done that? Because what if... Yeah, like I think, what, what if I get fired and I need like that a, a, extra float, 50 a float of money just to keep me going until I find another job? And like, I'll just sit and think about that yeah. for ages. I just start thinking like, uh, yeah, and then I'd need this and realistically how much could I live on I I just start doing that and whether I'm relaxed or not probably not but that for me is like doing a I guess a Rubik's Cube or yeah something like that is I just go into my head and uh, I start working out potential problems that could happen and then how to fix them yeah which is the opposite to me because I could have the actual problem of I could be uh, at like 50 pounds of my bank account and have just spent 50 pounds on something and would then in my head not be thinking about that being a problem at all. It's like it's not there. So I I think we're almost... I don't think there's one that's better than the other. I think if we could somehow merge our brains... Yeah, probably. (laughs) It would work. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we both are, I suppose, different in in that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it for this week. Yes. Uh, no topic yet planned for next week. I kind of want to do like a happy one next week. You feel like this one was a bit grim? No, I don't think this one was grim. I just, I feel like, you know when we do like pros of Asperger's, we talk about kind of something a bit like silly or funny. Or... Well, the the other half of this was, this is overthinking, and the guy that asked the question initially, at least I think it was a guy, um, was, it was deep thinking, Um 
as well. So I think we should probably cover that at some point or just something about how our thoughts and these things that we're doing are positive. Um, because obviously, like we've said, you can solve like Rubik's Cubes quite quickly. You're really good at Sudoku and like that kind of thing. And there's that logical thinking and there's that part of being autistic that means we're good at fixing stuff that other people wouldn't even think about doing. And maybe not this, what I'm actually saying, because uh, I'm just kind of, it's off the top of my head. No, we could actually, I think if we did, uh, if we started doing a bit of brainstorming around deep thinking, so the whole thing wasn't deep thinking as such, but if we thought about things that we do yeah, that are positive, because I know there are some ways that your brain works that like fascinate me, because I think it's so... Yeah. I, I don't know, like, intelligent. That... Well, we, we did do an episode on Asperger prose. Um, no, yeah, I know. So maybe we could do another one, because we only did an hour of it, and I don't think we listed all of them. I'm probably going to listen back to that episode and just see um, what we talked about in that one. Because I remember it being an hour, but I knew that I said that there was loads of other ones. And it's been a while. We've learnt more about it since doing these episodes. We've yeah. both learnt quite a bit. Uh so yeah, I think we should do one on why being uh, an Aspie or a burger or whatever you want to call it is uh, a good thing. Um, yeah. Because I know that somebody posted on our wall about if everybody in the world was autistic, that the world would be better for it. Um, but you know what I would want to know? I'd so maybe know, something like that. Yeah, I'd want to know what the world would be like. I think it's quite interesting because... I wonder what would be different. Yeah, we could do like something like that. Yeah, like, I reckon big, there's so what big much... changes would be because of it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very interesting, especially because there isn't like a there isn't your stereotypical burger. There's so many different variations of Asperger's and autism that I don't feel like there is a one size fits all. Like you couldn't say there would be no social events because not everyone on the spectrum is antisocial. So I think it would be really interesting because. Yeah, and also I at some point wanted to do an episode on the rise of autism as well, which yes. is how, I mean, I know the world's population is getting bigger, so obviously there will be more people autistic in that sense. And I also know that awareness is being raised, but I wanted to do an episode on, because autism is becoming more and more out there, people more people know about it, there's more and more people being identified as autistic. I want to talk about like the pros and cons of that as well like what impact that's having on i suppose society in general um by there being more recognized autistic people and like the hours they do in supermarkets and like there's loads of other organizations that do like autism weeks and autism days and just like things like that how autism is evolving you know how more people are being recognized and just how the view on autism is changing as well because I know that a while ago you know it was seen as a bad thing and obviously there's all this stuff with vaccines and people not vaccinating their children because they think it causes autism and so they're choosing not to because they see autism as a bad thing and that's something they don't want their kids to have so they'd rather you know not have them vaccinated because they believe that autism comes of that and it's being seen still by some people as a as a bad thing and yeah. something that shouldn't be around but you know like obviously like I don't I don't see it as like that I see it as a as a positive and it has loads of good impact so probably do something on that on yeah. like how the awareness of autism and the rise of autism as a as a thing 
is, I guess, changing stuff. Because there is loads of stuff that has changed because of it, so... Yeah, I think that's why I want to do, like... Not that I think this like our last three episodes have been particularly down, but I do kind of want to do, like, a positive one just because I think both you and I both see autism as a, a good thing. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. Not, not in every way. I don't think it's better than NT or either or. I just think, like, there are so many good things about it and I feel like uh, it would be nice to put more of a brighter spin on it but yes, yes. Well, that's it for this week thanks again for everyone that's listened Thank thanks for everybody that are that are on our facebook page that uh, have joined our group that are posting stuff that are listening to our episodes all the support we get is awesome and thanks everyone for doing that that has obviously listened to this uh anyone you know that is autistic tell them about the podcast get people to listen to it especially if yourself you're autistic and you feel like it might help with uh them understanding you because we've heard loads of people say that they use our podcast just so their boyfriend girlfriend parents whatever understand them a bit better or if you want to listen to it and you are nt because you want to understand it better that's also good this isn't like a autism exclusive you've got to be autistic to listen to this anyone can listen to this um also like write reviews if you've got reviews um like if you want to review us go for it um i think you can do it on the facebook page or pretty much any, whichever, I don't know, platform. platform you're listening to our podcast on. I think you can do it on there as well. Um, but yeah, feel free to do that because we'd like to know, especially if there's a stuff you think we should cover or changes you think we should make or things you're not sure about or things you do like. Like any like criticism of any kind is helpful for us because we're always looking to improve the podcast. So, yes, true. Uh, anything anyone can tell us would be great. Feedback, basically, is the word I'm looking for here. I just took beating around the bush to get to the term feedback. Circumlocution. No, no, no. Right. Right. But that's it for this week. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Bye.